Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah. I am so excited to have you here today with my co-host, Carrie Bennett. And in this show, our goal is to make these complex topics of quantum biology and circadian biology more understanding to the everyday person. And why do we wanna do that? We wanna do that so that you can implement these things and see better health, more happiness, and just more overall vibrance in your life. So if you are enjoying the show, if you're on YouTube, leave us a like, leave us a comment. If you're listening on audio only, please go on over and leave us up to a five-star review over on Spotify or Apple. Share this out with a friend or a family member, post it on Instagram, tag us. We would love to hear from you as well as what other topics you might be interested in hearing about. Just a quick little side note before we begin today's show, Carrie and I both have amazing free resources that we have compiled and those are in the show notes. If you like what we're talking about, we both have really wonderful free resources that you can get started with and dive deeper into these topics. And then we also have private communities where we can answer your questions there and courses where you can dive deeper and get more help and understanding on implementation and how to actually bring these topics into your life in a more intense way. But for now, I hope you enjoy today's episode and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. Carrie and I are so excited to have you here. What are we talking about today, Carrie? <laughs> Energy. <laughs> Do you know, I think we're going to break down, or maybe people have heard this in the quantum world, where you only get about one third of your energy from food and you can max out your energy gathering. I call it gathering free energy in other ways. And so maybe we can break that down for people because so many of us have been conditioned to think that the only way we get our energy is food. food. I think it's cool that you were as before we hit record, you know, you were sharing the fact that now research is indicating that we can get... Oh, 90% or so of our energy from non-food sources. It doesn't mean not to eat, right? Because food provides yeah. nutrients. There are nutrients mm -hmm. and building blocks, materials mm -hmm. essentially, that we need to get from food. But the thought that food equals energy is just such a reductionist. It's just an incomplete, incomplete um, viewpoint, in, in my opinion, these days. Yeah. And, you know, right now I'm running um, a 21-day leptin reset live in my group with Dr. Sarah. And this is what we just basically sat on Zoom with with everyone yesterday, like 70 people. And we're trying to explain this because so many people come into quantum and circadian and they're like, I want to lose weight. I, you know, we've already done the leptin episodes. And I'm like, great, you're in the right place because what we need to do is maximize the energy potential of your body. And trying to really explain this whole concept of one third of our energy is really almost supposed to come from food. I could tell them 90%, but like we have, we have to talk about energy stealers because the only way I would say, try to get 90% of your energy, not from food would be like, are you going to go live out in the middle of nowhere with non-native EMF, non-existent barefoot in the beach, barefoot <laughs> on the beach, like sleeping outdoors, like yeah, get it, pick, picking all your food fresh or right. killing it fresh, you know, right. like totally then maybe, but like, nobody's doing that. So no, I'm not going to no. use that 90% with anybody, but that research, like I said, the research is there, but we really just spent like 90 minutes. I feel like trying to flip people to understand this because they've been so conditioned to calories in calories out. I got to track this. I have to eat this specific amount of calories. Yeah. I have to eat this amount of macro and this, that, and, the, and they're 
spinning their wheels um, on this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, let's yeah. do an episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Because, you know, I, yeah, it, I have such a, and you do too, right? We focus so much less on food than we ever did before because we yes. know that we can max, I would prefer to maximize these other two thirds energy sources, really do my best. Um, and depending on the time of year, it's going to look a little different to really yeah. gather energy from my environment, make my environment energy rich, right? As opposed to energy mm-hmm. depleting. And so that's, like you mm-hmm. said, another topic to talk about. And then, um, then food comes next. Right. And then that's a strategy, but it's like, it's not an obsession. Like, I don't know when the last time no. I tracked calories was or macros no. No. or any, any, anything no. except, no. you know, except, okay. Like, let me, I know what I want. I, I know I want to start my day off with what I call a leptin appropriate breakfast. And then yes. other than that, like I, it, I kind of wing it the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this so many times on the podcast. It's like our non-negotiables morning sunlight, sunrise, UVA, maximize as much as we can being busy moms with children, maximize that protein rich breakfast, like get your blood sugar balance, get that nice satiating protein and fat in your body, add whatever you want to add to it. I don't do a lot of carbs. You don't do a lot of carbs, but like that's a non-negotiable for me. And then whatever happens the rest of the day, it's, it's just a lot easier. And I don't Mm -hmm. overthink it. I don't sit there like I used to before I adopted this lifestyle. Like, wash. Okay. For lunch, I need to have three ounces of chicken breast salad with three tablespoons of ranch dressing, and then add an apple cider vinegar to like thicken that up. And then like (laughs) four blueberries and Mm -hmm. fat free yogurt. Like, yeah, my brain wants With a to quarter like cup of rice here, not more because <laughs> I need some carbs or like whatever it is, right? Whatever nutrition plan we were trying to go for at any given moment in time, you know, it's just, so it's, it's just, this is so, so tiring. tiring. So tiring. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, what, what I love about kind of this, this just initial introduction with nutrition is that I start my day off, like you said, satisfied with nutrients. And then from that point on, my body can dictate my hunger signal. And so based on what I was able to eat, sometimes, you know, it was a quick, a quick mom breakfast, like some beef sticks and hard boiled eggs or whatever, right? You know, something along those lines, right? But normally I'd really do try to prepare eggs or some leftovers from the night before, something like that. And it, it's a very satisfying breakfast. Today, um, my mom's here, right? And so she she always makes us something surprising. She she follows, um, mm. she understands that we don't want garbage. She's not going to make us any garbage, but she didn't make me anything seasonal or local. She made me like a, but a really, really good, you know, gluten-free, uh, you know, just with vegetables, jambalaya. Holy cow. Yeah, right. I delicious. know. And so yeah. I was smelling it this morning. And I was like, it smells good. And I just, you know, I just had a bowl, um, you know, how many hours later, like six hours later for breakfast. And it was like, so satisfying. Right. And so I'm not, I don't feel guilty, not seasonal, not local, very nourishing, leptin supportive because I spaced the meals out and my body was asking for it at the time. You know, it just, it's freeing in a way to view food from a different aspect and that I don't look at it as a source of energy because of mm-hmm. calories, I look at it instead as nourishment and, um, mm-hmm. gosh, it makes a big difference. <laughs> it does. It frees up so much mental space. That's another thing I just love about this quantum and circadian way of living is it, it literally frees up your head so that you can enjoy things like being outside and yeah. <laughs> being in nature and being with your family and, you know, being around positive people and exploring things and reading. It's just like reading. a whole new world. Reading a book. <laughs> yeah. Rather than like 
a new diet book. Oh my God. With yeah. the diet books that I, I threw away. Self-help slash diet book. I used to be the queen of that. I used to hoard those. <laughs> seven habits of highly successful people. And like, yeah. oh God, oh, yeah, I know. The self, I put them all into a freaking pile and just like, goodbye. Yeah. I kept my seasonal local cookbooks because I love, oh, that's a good I love that, but everything else is just like, nope, this is no longer serving me. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. So, so yeah. So food is an energy source because it breaks down into electrons, right? And those electrons do go to the mitochondria and the mitochondria convert those electrons or actually the mechanism through which the electrons flow and the protons flow in the mitochondria ultimately generates water and ATP. And so, yes, ATP is made. It's important. It's important not because it's an energy currency. I've said this many times. It doesn't contain a high energy bond. It unravels proteins to bind water for um, semiconduction, which is a, the way the body operates. It's electrical flow, optimized electrical flow. And so that's what happens with the food we eat. It absolutely does. It goes, the electrons go to the mitochondria, but what I think is underestimated, as I've said many times, and you know, I've got my masterclass out now on this, the easy water masterclass on the fact that that water that's made in the mitochondria and that's inside of the cell gels itself, structures itself into energy, into yes. a battery. Battery, battery. yes. Mm -hmm. And so this was the biggest yep. game changer for me to recognize that water was a battery inside of us. And we could do things that shrink and deplete that battery, or we could do things that charge that battery. And then if you take it a step up from the water itself, you say, oh, and if the mitochondria are actually making the water for this battery, this water battery, anything that harms the mitochondria and their ability to make that water would also drain this source of energy. And unfortunately, it turns out, Sarah, as you know, modern living it provides us with a lot of things that impair the mitochondria and just disrupt, disrupt that exclusion zone water. And so um, hence why I don't think many of us have ever thought about, you know, having energy in that aspect because our, mm -hmm. our environments aren't optimized to maintain yeah. easy water unless we, we do certain things. Yeah. I mean, I just did a little live in my private community to just expand on the topic a little bit because today is day two of the 21 day left and reset. We're just like I said, just kind of going through it in the group. And I do these little quick videos every day to reiterate the lesson a little bit. And I said, you know, what I'm doing right now, because I had my phone on a tripod, it was phone screen turned red. I am wearing wired earbuds. My window is open. I have infrared behind me. There are no overhead lights on. To me, that is the best I can do to optimize my energy environment. Like what I could do to drain my body's energy battery close the window because then I'm blocking out the infrared and I'm getting more blue light. Put on one of those lights. What are those things called? Oh, what are those lights called? ring light. Know? A ring light. Uh, yeah, huge <laughs> ring light, but I'm sitting in front of a window to give myself a natural irradiance. Um, <laughs> I much prefer that anyway. You um, beauty yeah, making ring you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I know y'all want a health and beauty episode, but... <laughs> Listen, we're yeah, I know we're hearing you that you want to help it like a We're's beauty episode, but like... Maybe it's so but boring. I know Put a little beef tallow on <laughs> <laughs> a red light therapy, red light therapy, red light therapy panel. <laughs> I do a little I massage, saw. a little gua sha. Oh, yeah, L lymphatic, lymph you know, drainage, like, keep things moving around. I do yeah, want Kelly but... Kennedy on this on an episode sometime because she's just flipping hilarious. But she's awesome. She's... I know. I need to bring her on. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to bring her on mine too. <laughs> 
she was killing me on our summit chat. Was really yeah, cool. she's like this no holds barred, but like, and full of amazing information. She's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's side tangent. We heard, we heard you the, 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 I know the request for the health and beauty episode, but it would just be so boring. boring so we'd rather, we'd rather, we'd rather talk about helping you maximize your environment to allow your body to have more energy efficiency, like, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. isn't that what you want? You know, that's what makes you have more health and beauty. Inner that's glow, inner your, light, inner, inner glow. Exactly. Well, yeah, and you lose less uh, less water, right? If you're mm-hmm. losing water, if you're dehydrating your body, then you're going to not look as good, right? I don't know about you, not but like when I was collagen. in my... When I was in my um, worst of, of just my health stuff, I was so flipping puffy, right? I was oh just retaining I found water. a bunch of pictures yeah. yesterday and I was like, what? the heck is going on here yeah it was wild so (laughs) so yeah so like that's it right we I didn't I didn't do anything I didn't mean I didn't put any creams on or anything like that to drain the puffiness you just do these things and the body naturally regulates its water balance yeah right exactly so yeah when we we talk about this whole gathering electrons we which we'll talk about more I think it's important to understand like so many things are draining that those electrons from the body that are causing that water battery that Carrie just so beautifully explained to not be optimized because what is it? Infrared can expand that up to what, four times? Is that four correct? times, probably more, frankly. Um, but yeah, because that's just in a lab setting. I have a feeling it'll, it, I think it'll expand it and just keep it charged if you will. Um, yeah. and so it, you know, you just, the, the, that water battery needs sources of infrared to be maintained and it's just not happening. And, these and days. was that, that piece of research was from Dr. Pollock's That's lab, Pollock's correct? lab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it, and was it done with an infrared bulb? Did I hear that correctly? Or an I incandescent, about, I believe it was an incandescent, incandescent bulb. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just so, an incandescent bulb. Which has so. plenty of infrared, right? But right. it was right. shined directly. It, it was shown directly on the Petri dish. So it wasn't just using okay. incandescent, although incandescent lights did, provide a lot more infrared in our interior environment. I think it also had to do with the angle and the proximity of it to the dish so that the actual heat was felt and absorbed. Got it. Got it. Okay. So sorry, side note, we're having like 25 tangents today. (laughs) Well, we were just saying we haven't had a chance to catch up since um, the summit stuff and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. we were just chatting before this. So uh, we're kind of in tangent mindset right now. But um, that being said, we do gather energy from many sources, right? So what is energy to the body? It's not, if it's not ATP, it is, I'm going to call it negative charge. And that negative charge is found in the exclusion zone water, right? Because that exclusion zone water that forms in our cells all over our body is negatively charged. And like Sarah was saying, we can expand that charge. We can enhance that negative charge with infrared light. So that means that applying sources of infrared directly to my body allows my body to have a bigger battery of charge. And that charge is synonymous with cellular health. Um, So much research shows that when the charge or the voltage is another way you can put it inside of the cell diminishes, the health of the cell becomes dysfunctional. Um, And so we need to maintain this charge. And that doesn't come from the food that we eat. That comes from, yes, the water naturally being in that state. But again, the infrared will enhance it, but so will earthing and grounding. 
That's another source of negative charge, right? The earth's surface is full of negative charge that we can touch with our bare skin and flow it into our bodies instantaneously. We just have the ability to semiconduct, it's called, or flow this charge into us. And because we're an interconnected highway system through this water all over our bodies, a structured exclusion zone water all over our bodies, that, that charge can flow where it's depleted. And one of the best ways of looking at this would be to look at studies done on red blood cells before and after earthing. Because red blood cells have charge too, this negative charge around them, or they're supposed to. It's called their zeta potential. And this, so when red blood cells are healthy, they're kind of plumped away from each other. They're these individual discs and they have this charge. And this charge serves as a shield to repel other red blood cells away from them. Because if two like charges come near each other, they're going to repel. And so when the red blood cells have this halo of, of negative charge or this halo of electrons around them, that promotes healthy blood flow. When they don't, you'll see the red blood cells form a rouleau format. So they stack up like pancakes and that's where the red blood cells become clumpy and sluggish and sticky. And that's blood that has lost its charge. But what you can see in the earthing um, before and after images, you can see live blood analysis before earthing where everything is stacked up. And then 10 minutes after earthing, you can see a live blood analysis. And now the, the blood cells have separated. They're no longer stacked and they're plump and they're all repelling away from each other because that's how quickly we can flow that charge into our body and move it where it's depleted. Um, and so it's a beautiful example of how we can do this and how we're really, I mean, that's a, our system is obviously designed to be continuously plugged in to earth's charge as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you think about it, how did we used to live? Like we didn't used to live like I'm on the third floor right now. Mm -hmm. So we didn't used to live like up off of the ground. We like were connected to the earth. We were outside. We we're using trees, touching trees, mm -hmm. stone, you know, we'd live under stone caves. Like we yeah. were always connected to that electrical source. And now we're so disconnected from that. And then we have the rubber shoes, like we're never actually our feet are never touching the earth unless we're actually barefoot or wearing grounding shoes, which, you know, I have a few pairs of those, but they can get a little bit pricey. Um, but we're just not really conditioned to do this and we're not taught this. And it's something that we're not taught as children. Is It's like, instead we're kind of shoving everyone full of iPads and putting them in front of TVs and in these environments where our kids' energy batteries are getting drained, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think, um, I just think the narrative is off in terms of the number of times I hear a parent say, don't go outside barefoot. Like you'll, oh my God, you know, I know. right. You'll, you'll, you're a field freeze or you'll get parasites or like, there's this fear-based oh, yeah. mindset about being oh, yeah. barefoot on the earth. Yep. And then there's this fear-based mindset too, about cold getting, allowing the body mm -hmm. to get cold, but cold, cold is I know. cold is a way to optimize energy efficiency, electron flow mm -hmm. in the body. And so, yes. you know, unfortunately with our kids, we're, we think we're doing well by saying, put your shoes on, put your coat on. And in fact, it should be the exact opposite. It should be anytime you want, be barefoot and as naked as possible, right? It just, society doesn't yeah. let us live like that, but that's really uh -huh. what would be synonymous with coaching health into our children. Yeah, exactly. I know it's, it's opposite over here. Cause <laughs> I just let mine out. I'm like, all right, that's fine. You know, and I have totally. like a new babysitter that will be here to try to help me. And they're like, Oh, she needs her shoes. I'm like, no, it's fine. Like she doesn't, it's fine. And I know we're going to get this, uh, parasite question. <laughs> Maybe we need to do a whole separate episode. Maybe we need to bring up 
Paula on or something like that, but like Paula. Yeah. Um, she's great. And uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, (laughs) 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 so like parasites are a lot of these, a lot of these things that we fear parasites and fungal forms, mycotoxins, they can only exist if the terrain of the body allows them to meaning if in the same way that a forest brings up its fungal species and its bacteria and its decomposers, when it needs to decompose, say a dying animal or a dead animal or something like that, those decomposers come to clear the terrain, to tend to the terrain and then restore the health of the soil, the health of the area. Mm-hmm. I find that the body becomes inhospitable for those things that are that, that are decomposers in the body when we have healthy tissues, when we have a healthy terrain. And that to me is synonymous with enough voltage, enough mm-hmm. charge. Um, a lot of these, uh, even parasites or worms, if you will, even if you just look at worms and, or, and parasites, they hate electricity. They hate charge. They will go away from it. They will move away from it if at all possible. Um, and so I've actually seen people who have done some things that actually really enhance charge. I'm not going to give the answers to what that is because I don't necessarily recommend this as a regular basis, but I've seen them apply healing voltage to their body and they Mm. pass a ton of live parasites without doing a parasite cleanse. And it has to do with the fact that their body is no longer hospitable for those creatures. And so those creatures are leaving. The other thing about that is I think oftentimes those things exist, like candida exists because mm-hmm. there's a reason, right? The terrain is trying it's to protect the body's the trying terrain. to take care of something. Yes, exactly. exactly. And yeah. so that that means if you've done, I'm not going to say that I haven't known people who've done a parasite cleanse that felt better, but I've yeah. noticed it was oftentimes a temporary thing, um, simply because of the fact that the underlying cause of why why that parasite was there in the first place, or those parasites, or why the candida was there in the first place, wasn't resolved, and so. Mm-hmm. So while I respect a massive amount of practitioners who still work in the paradigm of parasite cleanses and um, candida cleanses and things like that, in clinical practice, I no longer utilize any form of killing protocols, including in SIBO, because I find that when you optimize the terrain, which for SIBO would be the motility of the gut, how fat quickly things are moving through the gut, how well digested that stuff, the food is moving through the gut, the SIBO starts to correct itself. Not mm-hmm. to say that there isn't a temporary, there are some, maybe some temporary adjustments you need to make with diet or something along those yeah. lines, but but really I don't do, I, I it's probably been close to 10 years since I've recommended a killing protocol because I just don't yeah. see them to be highly beneficial. I don't either. And it's funny. I had a friend of mine was like posting all this stuff about coffee enemas. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these little kits just for fun. I've never done one of these. Like might be good to do a little liver support. Spring is coming up and maybe we can do a detox like spring episode at some point. But I've been getting the emails from this company and they were like, and how often should you do a coffee enema? And I was like, hmm, my intuition is like, not very often. You should not need to. You should be pooping every day. Like that should just be a given. And I was like shocked by this email because this company is basically telling people and had like their their comments of like all the people that do their enemas. And they were like, I do them daily. I do them every day. Every day is fine. Every day is perfect. And I'm like, um, if you have to do coffee enemas every day, there is an issue. <laughs> Yeah, totally. On. I mean, coffee Should enemas. Not be doing that. Tangent. Coffee enemas. Yeah, more tangents today. I mean, coffee enemas can be healing for people in 
certain circumstances, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know clients who have been through cancer healing and they utilize coffee enemas as part of their journey, right? And very, Mm -hmm. it was very successful, right? Right. But amongst other things as well, they know they do them maybe once a month or once every couple months now, just as kind of a general maintenance. Once a quarter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, And I do, or I do feel like, you know, if ever I'll do a coffee enema or um, water enemas or something like that, which I don't do frequently, but I I will stack them maybe a few days in a row, kind of to get like, like, you know, like you said, like a, a general support for a short yeah. period of time and then let my body just go naturally into what it normally and how it normally regulates itself. Mm-hmm. Um, coffee enemas stimulate phase one detoxification. And so if you run those too quickly and you don't have the phase two nutrient support, which um, phase two is often impaired in a lot of people, um, then you just make react like the, the, the metabolite has to go through a transformation to become an intermediate reactant. So this toxin has to get transformed in the phase one. And then that react that what's produced has to then get transformed through phase two. If you don't have phase two, like balanced with phase one, you're going to get a lot of these, these products made that are also toxic. And so I Mm. see people oftentimes react very poorly to upregulating phase one detoxification in certain ways like that. If their phase two pathway isn't open and phase three and phase phase 2.5 and three. So if you're going to optimize it, this is a a side note. you got to do three, then 2.5, then two then one and then boosh, yep. there you go. But like that's, I mean, that's just a side tangent, but um, I think it's important to know. <laughs> so I just shared it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go, Sarah. <laughs> Back to energy, to show. <laughs> yeah. So, so as far as the whole parasite thing goes, like you were basically saying, increase your voltage, increase your redox. Your redox. That's that's what we're trying to do. Those are the words we use, right? That to describe this state in the body. Yeah. Yes. Then it's not going to be the kind of issue that a lot of people make it out to be. Now, obviously don't go let run around in an area that's got like dog poop all over the ground purposefully. Like you don't want to do that on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, be, you obviously have to be smart, right? Be reasonable, we, we, be, be sensible. Reasonable, Don't go reasonable. in a dangerous area. Like I, I wouldn't careful. earth. Yeah. I wouldn't earth if I knew I would, there was a bunch of glass that was, could be broken. Right. You know, I mean like, right. yeah, there's, or there's a, or crap or right. <laughs> syringes. <laughs> right. Right. Because I mean, those places exist. I would, I, that would not they be, I, I think healthy earthing. Um, no. but whenever you can, or even earth through your fingers, right. By touching a tree, a bush, touching a tree. A, yeah, exactly. Anything that's, bl- that's buried, their roots are buried into the earth will also flow those electrons as well. And, um, and so that's another one. Like if you are hesitant, cause I do have people who are hesitant because of parasites or th- things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. use your hands, use a tree mm-hmm. or a bush, mm-hmm. right. Or con- you can put a- concrete. Concrete. Yep. That that's a pretty darn good conductor most of the time. Um, not asphalt, right? But concrete. You can right. put a stake, a copper or silver stake, a conductive metal stake into the earth, and you can just kind of like go out there and hold it, it. Right. Yeah. Or you yep. can actually have a yep. wire and you know, just hold on to that as well. Um, our buddy Corey did that with uh his cold plunge tank, right? So he was able to ground his cold plunge tank with a with a copper wire and a copper stake. So I feel like there's a, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And you just have to ask yourself, am based on my non-native EMF environment and my toxic load that I'm exposing my body to, because those are the things that will really tank exclusion zone water and mitochondrial function the most mm-hmm. based on that environment. Am I gathering more energy from these sources outside of food that I'm potentially losing? 
And so it's just, and, and there is no, there's no test, right? I wish that you could spit into a test tube and they could tell you how much voltage you had or um, how much exclusions on water was in your body or, mm-hmm. you know, but, but there's not. And so maybe we can talk about some symptoms that we see with low voltage and low exclusions mm-hmm. on water. Yeah, um, definitely. One of one of my um, one that I find fascinating that I see quite a bit when someone has low exclusions on water is an inability to sweat. Um, oh yeah, that's a huge one. Yes. Right, right, and so that's one where it's like you don't have enough exclusions on water to exclude the bulk water and push that out the, through the skin for sweating purposes, right? Um, so that's a huge one. Other ones that I see have to do with just the sensation of dryness, dry skin, dry hair, feeling like dryness, dry mouth, dry eyes, dryness through the um, GI tract. So that could also tend towards constipation. I see, mm-hmm. um, I see t- tissue stiffness and being prone to fascial adhesions as well, because those are areas of dehydrate dehydration as well. So um, tissue stiffness is a direct indication of whether a whether a tissue has enough what's called bound water in the literature, which is also exclusions on water. So when you have healthy exclusions on water levels, you have the right length tension relationship and you can move your body with freely without pain. And, you know, um, there doesn't feel like there's a bunch of stiffness. And so that's another one that I see. Um, What else, Sarah? I would say inability to tolerate cold. Mm -hmm. That's a huge one that I see quite a bit, especially I hear about it during the winter. Yeah. Um, Inability to uh, tolerate sunlight. Um, You know, I had several people that join my group and they're like, I can't, um, can't tolerate the sunlight. It hurts my eyes. It gives me a headache. I get tears in my eyes. I'm like, it means you need it. You You got to start low. You got to start with the sunrise and then the sunset and get all that red. Um, because you're, you're just gonna have to build up your tolerance to it. You've probably been indoors or wearing sunglasses for a really long time. Exactly. That's that's a big one that I see. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And just an over-reliance upon food of just like needing to eat constantly, needing to eat, 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 obsession on food. That's to me a sign of low redox. Um, well, because... and we said last week an inability to lose weight too, right? Yes. That's, a, yep. that's an energy inefficient body, basically. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everything that we're talking about is how do we make our body more energy efficient? And that's been the key for me because everyone's always like, what are you eating now? What do, what's your meal plan? What does it look like? How much are you exercising? How many steps are you getting? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know how many steps I get. I don't want to know. Um <laughs> I can't tell you what I eat because if what I, what if you eat what I eat, you might gain weight. I don't, cause you, you're probably not dialed in the way that I am. You may be, but I, I don't, I don't want to give you exactly what I'm eating. Cause it may not work for you. It may not be enough food for you. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just, there's so yeah. much nuance when it comes to what to eat, when to eat all that stuff that it's like sure. impossible to give somebody a specific plan really, unless you're one-on-one talking to them and you get a full inventory of their life, not just of like what they're typically eating, but like from sunup to sunup, sundown. Are you seeing sunrise? Are you out at UVA? Are you touching the earth? What kind of environment are you in in the day? Do you have a bunch Mm -hmm. of blue light overhead? Are their windows closed all the time? Are you in a car all day with the windows closed? Um, Are you on your phone all day? Are you in front of a wireless computer and a wireless mouse and a wireless Mm -hmm. laptop with wireless headphones and like, 
like all those questions have to be asked, you know, what, what are you drinking? Are you drinking tap water? You know, or yes, <laughs> totally structured water, tap water versus tap water. It's a big difference, big difference. Yeah. I mean, there's so many factors that come into play. That's why it's like, don't ask me what I'm eating because that's like this much of the equation to how well my body absorbs nutrients, breaks down food and utilizes it, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. And yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, if you want to listen back to the leptin talks, because leptin will dictate how efficient your body is at utilizing fat as a fuel source, basically. Yes. So that does make a difference as well, because if you are able to burn fat as a fuel source, you make more metabolic water, which means that you have more energy that's derived from your body's own tissues, as opposed to being a sugar burner, right? Where you're going to make less metabolic water, water, typically more um, reactive oxygen species damage that also demands charge and electrons to clear. And so there's a lot of nuance to all this. And so it can't just be a diet plan that's uh, perfect for everybody. And it's also why I always want to key in on all of these things first, because Mm -hmm. it's amazing how much ground you can make simply by addressing these other ways to gather free energy. And speaking of sunlight on the skin or just sunlight in general, you know, Mm -hmm. and that intolerance to it, this is an important time of year for those of you who are in the Northern latitudes to start thinking about applying sunlight to your skin. As that UV index gets a little higher, you want to build a solar adaptation. And we can talk all about Mm -hmm. what that looks like, but you want to be able to do that because one of the ways that you also get free energy is through light touching the skin. And that happens in two ways. When light strikes your skin, the exclusion zone water at that skin level actually generates a plasma of electrons, right? So you actually get charge simply from the input of UV light. And because again, because this is an interconnected high highway system in the same Mm -hmm. way that that charge could flow from the earth anywhere it was depleted in my body. I can do the same thing when that UV light strikes my skin as well. And we, then we also then want to be able to build more and more UV light exposure, a, a ways to tolerate more, more and more and stronger and stronger UV light. Because as we then build that solar adaptation and start to deposit more melanin in our skin, melanin is also an absorber of light. And then when melanin absorbs the light, it also generates free energy through water splitting in the body. And we'll go into details about what that looks like in a future episode. I know we've been saying this for a while, wait till the spring. Um, But that's, again, another way that we can derive free energy from mm-hmm. sunlight touching our skin, which this obviously this has nothing to do with um, consuming food. And if this seems like a woo or out there concept, you have to ask yourself, what do plants do? Well, right. they, that's all they do in terms of developing and growing yeah. is they absorb yeah. sunlight and they split water. That kicks yes. off a cascade called photosynthesis. We mm-hmm. absorb sunlight and split water and use those electrons from the hydrogen and the oxygen to power our biological processes. It's a it's so it's not unheard of to recognize that we are able we should be able to utilize sunlight beyond simply things like I think most of us realize, which is um, vitamin D production through the skin. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with the vitamin D production and how many other processes and things this has been so studied, right? Because it's a supplement business yeah. that yeah. I think has been exactly. growing through all these studies. Yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of data out there about vitamin D and how important it is, which you should do your best to get that from the sun. And we'll have to do a whole like solar callus melanin episode coming up in the spring. Um, but if you're not maximizing that, you're really, really missing out big time. 
Yeah, you are. And so again, you have to, you have to ask yourself, okay. Um, like you said, based on my ability to get sunlight on my skin, based on mm-hmm. my, like that'll, all of that will dictate, you know, I guess, I guess the percentages that you're able to get from food that you need to get from food right. versus the percent percentages you get from other sources. And I do find, especially in the summer, it feels like I can max out my mm-hmm. light and my grounding mm-hmm. and my, I mean, my body just feels oh, yeah. so like- nourished with those things. Um, yeah. Hence why don't judge me, people. Breatharians have been documented to exist. Okay. People who have people who have lived in nature and who, I mean, there's a one case study that was phenomenal where he lived. I mean, it was documented 20 years or so without any water or any food, uh, maybe wow. more actually. And he was actually studied in a hospital setting and he wow. didn't take any food and didn't take any, uh, not for that whole time, but for a chunk of time, just so that the doctors could document it. And he absolutely did. So we have to expand our minds and these concepts a little bit more. I'm not saying mm-hmm. everyone is like we said before, not everyone is designed to be a breatharian because of our environment that we're living in. Right. But right. but we have to maybe acknowledge that certain capabilities are there if we were optimized in those environments. Exactly. And it, I did a post on Instagram that went viral and where I basically said, you know, we're only supposed to get one third of our energy from food. I got all kinds of responses. People were accusing me of um, promoting eating disorders, which <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. We are very clear. You still need nutrients. You still need food. Um, this is not a way to promote eating disorders by any means at all. This is a conversation to help you understand why you might be struggling so much with needing so much food and your body unable to let go of the energy that it has and afraid to let go of the energy that it has because you're not providing it with that free energy. So it's not a conversation about trying to get you to just go outside so you don't have to eat and get an eating disorder. Like, no. no. And then I also had, go ahead. You add. But I was going to say, <laughs> you read my mind. I was going to say though, that as we've said many times, we used to be myopically focused on food yes. in many yes. aspects. So I would classify my obsession with food in different capacities as disordered eating for yeah. sure. And it's gone now because I yeah. think my body has realized it doesn't have to obsess over getting food energy from food because it knows I'm consistently getting energy from other sources. And so yep. now my signal for my body is consistently nourish, nourish, yep. nourish. And that's a very different signal than the hangry or the obsessiveness that I had back in the day. Yeah, exactly. And my cravings are different mm. too. It's oh, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I don't crave like Bruce, you know, like Dairy Queen or it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's com- the idea of a banana right now, even, I mean, I'm not going to say banana kills anybody. Yeah. Right. But I don't like, it just doesn't no. sound good. Right. Like my no, body just doesn't want that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want them more like warm, hearty stews and you know, jambalaya. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's, that's, that's what's going on in new Orleans. All the jambalaya for Mardi Gras coming in. Well, right. so people are there. People are not there for the jambalaya, but um, yeah. that'd be a good place to go right now to get some. Um, the other thing I got under my post, which we've kind of briefly touched on is just like, show me the science. What are your sources? Source, 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 you know, like we get those. So maybe we can, again, we've, we've talked about it, but maybe we can dive a little bit more into that. If anyone wants to dive deeper research this for themselves, if they're skeptical, 
Sure. So a great place to get started with this is to understand how water holds energy. And that is the work of Dr. Gerald Pollack and his book, The Fourth Phase of Water. He has a book before that that I also highly recommend for those of you who want to dive into more of the functions of this structured water inside of our bodies. And that's called Cells, Gels, and the Engines of Life. Once you recognize the science behind the fact that the body, the water in our body holds charge and holds energy, then you can start to expand into, oh, okay, well then if they, if I actually can do work through the water in my body, the water network of my body, then what else will impact that water network of the body? So that's where then you look into the, the light science. Um, and the, the, a lot of that is done. So Pollock goes into that um, as well, but so does Dr. Alexander Wunsch. He is a great resource. He's done many lectures. He's specifically on Vimeo if you want his scientific lectures. Um, so he does, he's done a great job with talking about how we interface with light through water, but also through other means that I think people will find very interesting. You can also then look to the books on earthing because as we showed, right, the zeta potential of red blood cells, that's charge flowing to a blood cell, right? To establish healthy mm -hmm. flow. That's work in the body, people. That's what that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's energy and that's work that's being done. And so um, that's where I highly encourage you to read the book Earthing. Um, that's by Clint Ober. Clint Ober. Yeah. Yep. I love also all the work about like things like semiconduction. Um, and that's done by uh, James Oshman. He's great mm -hmm. there. Um, you could read Arturo Solis Herrera's work. He has many, many papers. And each one of his papers starts out with something like the unexpected capacity of melanin to dot, 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 split the water molecule for energy, dot, 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 split the water molecule for energy in Alzheimer's disease, dot, 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 split the water molecule for energy. And like, like so you'll find huh. a ton of research of his. He also has a book where he's compiled all of his papers together called Melanin, the Master Molecule. That's a mm -hmm. great book. And if this feels far-fetched, there are batteries, hydrogen-based, ba melanin and hydrogen-based batteries that are, that exist. Like this is a form of, of energy tech that's being developed right now. But we have to realize that almost every sort of tech is just a, uh, you know, reproduction of what's already happening, a reverse engineering yeah. what's already happening inside of us. Um, yeah. So those are really great places to get started, to start to expand these ideas. But I am going to tell you something, and that's, we make zero money from telling you that you can get free energy by touching the earth <laughs> or going outside, right? Like, you know, right. I mean, it's, yes, I, I compile courses, very topic specific courses to help really understand and wrap your brain around these things. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm not asking you to purchase a supplement from me that you need in perpetuity or anything along no. those lines. And no. so unfortunately, you're not going to see large research studies studying these things because there is zero return on the, the financial investment that that would take. So that's why you the, the researchers that are doing this are going to be considered more fringe researchers who actually are starting to get their funding pulled. Because again, this goes counter to some narratives out there that we absolutely need lots of food yeah. all the time, right? To nourish our body. And so it's just, I just, just want to- like Dr. Pollock's lab. They're trying to shut yep. that down. Yep. They're defunding yeah. him. I mean, they're defund. Yeah, there, there's a lot- there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that, to keep this information from becoming very accessible simply because of how easy it is to implement and it's free. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any money. So, yep. so yeah, just be aware and keep an open mind with it. And if you want, I mean, another, let me think anyone, any, any other ones that you're thinking of? Like I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. Oh, you know, who's a good Becker. one? Yeah. Robert O'Becker talking about the body, the body electric. electric. That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Also, Andrew Marino um, has written a lot of books with Becker mm-hmm. as well about electromagnetic fields and how they're depleting mm-hmm. and damaging to the body. Jerry Tennant, Dr. Jerry Tennant wrote Healing is Voltage, uh, Healing is mm-hmm. Voltage and How It Applies to Cancer, Healing and Vo- Healing is Voltage Scalar Energy. He combines a lot of beautiful um, researches, researchers work into his books as well. And they're more aimed at clinical practice, but they're fabulous. Um, so yeah, I mean, these are Obviously, these are a lot of different sources, right? And what's fascinating is when I find a source, someone who kind of gets this knowledge, it's interesting because it's like, and just as like you, you did your own deep dive, Sarah, I did my own deep dive. It's like, we all kind of come to similar conclusions, which is like, yeah. oh, interesting. It's like, we were all working independently, but we've all found this information. Yeah. And, um, and it's quite, it's quite brilliant when you find it. And then of course, Dr. Cruz and all of his blogs, right. Mm-hmm. He has really pulled together so much of these researchers work into a beautiful blog series of his, which mm-hmm. however, is going to be quite, um, it's not lame. Difficult. Andrew. Yeah. It, it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so. Most people are like, I don't get exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And then all of our colleagues who are also doing a great job and, and work in the world yes. in terms of trying to make this information accessible. I'm certain you can reach out to yeah. them as well for their favorite sources too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll keep having these conversations because I think that, like you said, they're not going to be studied. We can pull together the data that we can while it's still being funded. And these people haven't been completely God bless. Um, anyway, we'll keep talking about this stuff and we'll keep trying to help people and do it in a way that's free and accessible and easy. And always, if you want to dive deeper, Carrie's got courses, I've got courses, all that stuff is listed in the show notes. And we both have communities where you can come get extra help and converse with us. If you're like wanting to ask us questions, that's really the best way to do that. So yeah, it's been another really fun episode and we'll, you know, look forward to talking about melanin and some of these other things, solar callus and, and episodes coming up. Probably, sorry, probably won't be having a beauty episode because it would just literally be like five seconds long and like so super boring. Who should we get? We should get someone on though. Like someone who's got this mindset. Maybe, <sighs> I don't know. Jenna's <laughs> a friend. No, any of this stuff. Tracy Dews. Like we got to find someone who's got kind of like the quantum mindset. Maybe and Tracy. Beauty. Maybe Tracy would be good. Yeah. Yeah. One, so. one of those two. Because right. <laughs> very pretty and they do a lot of fun little beauty routines <laughs> yeah, that are quantum gore- but right yeah na- so, I- yeah just these naturally you know they do like these naturally gorgeous beauty routines yeah <laughs> i just hopped out here with wet hair people so I mean, right like- and D- and dr sarah p would not be one she lived with me for six weeks and we were both just like yeah this are- give me like two seconds i'll be ready just jumping out of bed you know <laughs> right, right exactly exactly so but yeah no it would be interesting to maybe interact well and if you have any suggestions of who we should pick their brain like who you think yes. would resonate with this quantum stuff let us know so Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, as always, (laughs) super fun conversation and uh, we'll talk with you next week. 